I believe as a Christ follower about angels and about demons? Are they, you know, uh, kissed by an angel, you know, or city of angels? Like what, what, what is an angel really like? But also, what is a demon? What is the devil? Who is Satan? And so Ephesians chapter 5 or 6, excuse me, verse 12, it says, We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in, I want you to catch this, evil spirits where? In the heavenly places. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. I know your word is living, active, it's powerful. And Father, I pray we walk out of here today not afraid, but fully equipped with, with the authority you have given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Next week, it's going to be my 16-year anniversary. And uh, Mary, she still likes me, everybody. And uh, 16 years. And I mean, just like Joe and Deb, what, uh, uh, they've been married much longer. So, uh, But 16 years. And I remember we, we got married. And then we, we had a rental home, and we moved in, uh, you know, for the first time. We moved in together. And I remember one night, I went out to run an errand, and it was dark, and I went through my garage, and I was trying to be quiet. I thought she was sleeping. And I remember as I walked through the garage, garage went into the kitchen. I, had, I was carrying stuff. And when I walked through the garage into the kitchen, Pastor Lindsay, my newly, uh, you know, new bride, is right in front of the fridge, and she goes, hey! And scares me, and as a man of God, I went, ah, I went in the fetal position. And she looked at me, and she said, this is what I married? And, of course, as a guy, I go, listen, you know, like, I knew it was you. I would have broken your neck, but, you know, like, you always do something that you totally don't think you're going to do, right? Like, whack somebody. And, but this is the... Uh, I want you to know, when it comes to angels and demons, it is not a scare tactic. It is not even a boo or a caught off guard type of thing. As we approach, approach today's message, I want you to know, we're not scared of angels or demons, but we are aware. We are aware. We're, uh, like, I should have been aware that Pastor Lindsay will scare me at any given moment when it's dark out, whatever. But we should always be aware. So I'm going to go quick today. First thing I want to talk about is angels. Angels. We're angels in the Bible. Revelations chapter 5, it says, Then I looked again, and this is John, got caught, he went, he went up into heaven, got a revelation, came back down, wrote all about what he encountered in heaven. And he says, Then I looked again, and I heard the voice, voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of living beings and elders. So there's millions, there's thousands and millions of angels. Now, angels, they don't procreate, so they're not like continually making more angels. These are the angels that God created. There are thousands and millions of angels, but also angels have a hierarchy. There are like positions to, to angels, and I'm not an angel expert by all means, and maybe you are in the audience, but even in uh, Jude chapter 1, in the New Testament, this is Bible, in the New Testament, just before Revelation, it says, but even Michael one of the mightiest angels. He was a mighty angel, an archangel. Uh, he did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but he simply said, the Lord rebuke you. You see kind of the hierarchy there as well. And he goes, the Lord rebuke you. And then I'm going to be real with you as a pastor. It says this, this took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. 
And then it just continues to go on. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? I did a quick study, and the angel and Michael were just arguing about where to bury Moses' body. That's all I got from it. And sometimes you read things in Scripture and go, cool. Does it matter to my life? No. <laughs> Let's be real, right? Pastor Lindsay liked that one. All right. But here's what angels are. Angels are messengers of God that protect, that fight, and they serve out God's purposes. They protect, they fight, and they serve God's purposes. Hebrews chapter 1 says angels, I love this, angels are only servants. Spirits send to care for people who inherit salvation. You know there's archangels, but did you know there's also guardian angels? There's angels that we pray uh, protection around us. I remember one night Levi was scared. He said, Dad, I'm scared, but if somebody breaks in, I was like, boy, we got, we got some big old angels around our house right now protecting our home. Why? Because I believe in angels. Here, uh, Psalms 91, it says, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hand so you won't even, you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. I love this as Old Testament because he said, I'm going to send angels with you to protect you. And then Jesus said, I'm going I'm to send the Holy Spirit to comfort you, to lead you, to guide you. And so God really loves to equip us. One cool story in 2 Kings is the prophet Elijah is with his servant, and they go to sleep, and they wake up in the morning, and all of a sudden the enemy's all around them. The enemy found them, and the enemy had their chariots and their horses, and the servant wakes up Elijah and says, Elijah, what do we do now? They're everywhere. And Elijah goes, ah, don't be afraid. This is like such a pastor answer sometimes, right? Where like, like the pastor tells you something is really profound, and you go, that is powerful. And you walk away and go, what in the world does that mean? How many of I'm talking about? And he goes this, don't be afraid. There are more on our side than on their side. And he's going, there's two of us. There's two of us, homie. And you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But then he, Elijah said, uh, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened his eyes, and he looked up, and he saw, he saw it was filled with horses and chariots of fire. What was that? The, 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 the warriors of heaven outnumbered the, the enemies in the flesh. But in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 10, this is where we base our Daniel fast every year. No meat, sweets, or treats, because that's what Daniel did. And Daniel sent up a prayer, and, and one day he looked up at his prayer time. And he looked up and he saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. And his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. This is not the angel I've seen on the Hallmark Channel. This is not the angel I've seen in movies. This is something far more victorious. This is something far more with, with God's authority behind it. And he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. And I love it. Ah, don't be afraid. I'm terrified. I'm, a, I'm afraid. He goes, but don't be afraid. Since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and, you, and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard from heaven. I have come to answer your prayer, but for 21 days we battled over it. For 21 days there was a war going on. But for 21 days, the, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. There's the prince of Greece. A, they have different angels. Then Michael said, Michael, one of the archangels, there's a hierarchy. 
He came to help me, and I left him there with the, with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, I'm here to explain, it's totally a hierarchy, isn't it? Like he's fighting. Oh, thank God, Michael, you're here. You handle it. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. Angels are messengers. What they do is they, they fight, they protect. Man, they fight, they protect. And obviously, they, they, they give us messages. But I want you to know, we do not worship angels. We do not worship angels. Matter of fact, when that angel came before Daniel, Daniel fell on his, on his, on his face. He fainted, and then he fell on his face. And the angel said, stand up. Don't worship. Stand up. We see this in Revelations chapter 19. And I want us to be aware, sometimes as a culture, we like the supernatural. But sometimes even the enemy goes, worship an angel instead of worship Jesus. Worship this instead of him. And here's John back in uh, Revelation chapter 19. It's a little hot right here. Then I fell down at his feet to worship the angel. But he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God just like you. I'm a servant of God just like you. And your brothers and sisters who testify of their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Anything that is prophesied, anything that is to come, anything that is received as a word uh, is all pointed back to Jesus. To Jesus. So we don't worship angels. But also, have you ever, have you ever had an idea and you go, that's a great idea. And you see someone else do it and they get in trouble for it. And you go, oh, that was a bad idea. So I'm not going to do that because I thought it was a good idea, but they got in trouble for it. And so I'm going to learn from their mistakes. How many know I'm talking about? And this is what Gabriel and Michael were doing. They saw another angel do something wrong, and they learned from this angel. And that angel was Lucifer. Lucifer was an angel. Lucifer, or Satan, was an angel. Ezekiel chapter 28 gives us a picture of this. It says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. Red rubies, pale green, peridot, white moonstone, blue green. And these are all like fancy, like, you know, uh, rubies. And it was beautiful. All beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. But then you were given, they were given to you on the day you were created. I ordained and I anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain. They even believed this was like the worship leader in heaven. Uh, God, uh, a mountain of God, you walked amongst the stones of fire. You were blameless in, in all you did from the day you were created until the day of evil was found in you. Until the day of evil was found in you. I want you to understand, God is not a dictator. God has given all of us free will, and God has given all of us desire because he wants us to desire God on our own will, by our own will. And so evil originated with Lucifer because of his desire to be like God. He was saying, wow, this is, I'm, I'm receiving the attention. I'm supposed to be portraying that to Jesus. And at some point, Lucifer said, I want the glory. I want to be like God. And sometimes we can go, how dare you use Lucifer and then Adam and Eve and all that. But how many times do we have a desire to be in control, or to desire to say, I'll take credit 
for what happened. Like Lindsay and I, Pastor Lindsay and I, we cannot take credit for what God is doing at Avenue Church. It's all him for his praise and his glory. It is not us. It is God working through us and a team. But then in Revelation chapter 12, it said this. This is John in, in heaven. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on his head. And this is like a whole other message, all right? But his tail swept away. And this is where we get the, the theology that one-third of the sinful angels, of the rebellious angels, uh, he, he threw them down to the earth. And so you say, where do demons come from? Did God create demons? No, because demons are fallen angels. Demons are fallen angels. Isn't this good? Like, we're, we're learning a lot already, everybody. But here's what's interesting in 2 Peter chapter 2. It said, God did not spare even the angels who sin. He threw them into hell in the gloomy pits of darkness, where they are being held until the day of judgment. I want you to catch this. If you grew up in church or maybe you're brand new to church, hell is reserved for Satan and his demons, and they want to take you down with them. Hell was created for, for Satan and demons, but they want to take as many people as they can with them to hell. And so here's the enemy's job. This is what the enemy likes to do. The enemy wants to engage in warfare with angels, wants to come in and, and win, essentially. They want to come in and divert prayers. They want to come in and, and have, have war there. They want to tempt people to sin. They want to tempt people to sin. Now, remember, temptation is not sin, but they want to tempt you with human desire. Because desire gives birth to, to uh, you know, temptation gives birth to desire. Desire gives birth to death. But they also want to deceive the world with lies. Just like Lucifer did in the Garden of Eden. He said, is it really true? What God said. And so he took a truth and spun it with a half-truth or with a lie. And so what is our role as a local body of, of Christ? First Peter chapter 5. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So what do I do as a Christ follower? Stand firm against him. Stand firm. Be strong in your faith. Remember, the family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of temptation, the same kind of suffering as you are. Friends, we have authority over the enemy. So what do I do? Stand firm. Cling to your faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. But there's kind of a new, not new, but I really see culture really um, um, getting, not, not getting excited, but getting interested about what we call demonic possession about demonic possession. And here's Jesus talks about demonic possession in Matthew chapter 12. It says, when the evil spirit leaves a person, it goes in the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then, then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So returns, finds its former home empty, swept and in order. Swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they are all enter the person, and they live there. This is a description of demonic possession. But it's also important when we give our life to Jesus Christ. Or you say, am I demon possessed? No, but when we give our life to Christ, it is super important that we allow Jesus to live in our hearts, and we fill our hearts with the love of Jesus. Nothing else has room in my heart except for Jesus. But I want you to know, the demonic possession, in my best words, I believe occurs 
when there is submission to evil, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Whether it's intentional or unintentional. And, and, and I, I'd be able to see the, uh, the lies and the deceit of the enemy even in culture today. Culture is saying, yes, it's scary, but let's give it a try. Yes, it's terrifying, but let's go ahead and experiment with this. Deuteronomy chapter 18, this is the Old Testament, but it, it speaks clearly of, of, of today. When you enter the land your Lord God has given you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. Now this is the Old Testament, but we're seeing it in culture today. It says, for example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. Okay, maybe not that part. We feel like it sometimes, right? But it says this, but do not let your people practice fortune telling. Do not let your people practice sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or, or psychics. Even in, the, even in the New Testament, there was a, there was a psychic who was giving like, like real words but through the demonic spirit. And so you got to be careful because they'll call for spirits of the dead. The nations you're about to displace consult sorcerers, fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. This goes to tarot cards. This goes to crystals. This goes to horoscopes or horoscopes. This goes to anything that you're seeking answers that is not Jesus Christ, that is not God's word. It even goes into, and I'll, I'll take it another step, even in my personal uh, uh, preference. Can I pastor you today? Is that okay? I'm doing what I love. I'm doing what I love. Now, Lindsay and I like those kind of movies where there's like a boo, and you're like, ah! <laughs> but there's a lot of scary movies that I believe are written by the demonic, and they're used by the demonic, and I really believe horror movies and scary movies, ones with, with demonic things in it, ones that are uh, talked about evil spirit, things that we see I really believe you're unintentionally opening up yourself and your home to evil spirits. To evil spirits. I really believe that. Now, I don't know all things, but I believe ghosts are, are demonic. I believe there's spirits out there that could be, is it an angel, is it a demon? It's, it's something, but it's not Jesus. And I choose to fix my eyes on Jesus. C.S. Lewis said this, this is a great quote, there are two equal and opposite errors in which our race can fall about the devils and the demons. One is to a disbelief of their, of their existence. And what's interesting is sometimes we go, there's no such thing. Well, then how do we equip ourselves in battle? But then the other side of the coin, it says, the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. In them. In them. Now hear me out. My family and I, we love to dress up and we love to get free candy. Right? We, 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 we love to do those things, but we, don't, we, don't, we do not entertain the demonic. We don't entertain anything that is not godly. But to kind of clear the air for some of us in this room today, we're kind of going, oh, is my neighbor possessed? Am I possessed? Is, it, <laughs> is there a demon in me? What's going on here? But I want you to give you the good news today. The demons cannot possess a believer. They cannot possess a believer. But they can tempt us. They can certainly tempt us. And when I say a believer, I'm saying you confess with your mouth and you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Right? You've given him your heart. 
But here's 2 Timothy. Uh, here's an example. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and self-discipline. I've always found it interesting that Paul tells Timothy, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you a spirit of power and of love and, and self-discipline. That's the Holy Spirit. But it, it, it's, it's interesting to me that it's the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear has been doing a really good job these past couple years. Amen? And the spirit of fear wants us to be afraid because if we're afraid, then we're not going to make a difference. If we're afraid, we're going to be paralyzed by fear. So I'm going to ask you today, what else is a demonic spirit designed to tempt us? So if you're a believer, you cannot be possessed. You cannot be possessed by a demon, but you can certainly be tempted or influenced by the demonic. Ephesians chapter 2. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against what we see here on this earth. But we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But the original word for fighting really means this. It means to wrestle. It means to wrestle. As I continue to read that, I said, man, is this, because in my life sometimes church and and, and, and I fall prey to this as well. Sometimes in this world, I think we, we look at temptation. Remember, temptation is not sin, but it leads to sin. Or sometimes we look at the, uh, the, man, the addictions over our life or the attacks of the enemy over our life. And sometimes we, in our minds, we picture this battle. I'm winning today. They're winning today. I'm losing today. They're winning today. And it goes back and forth. But I love this because the commentary said that fighting means to wrestle. Because in battle, when you fight, that is a battle. And in battle, you don't know the outcome. But wrestling is the enemy's last attempt to keep us from Jesus, to keep us from freedom, to keep us from seeing who we really are in Christ Jesus. We see wrestling in the Bible where, where Jacob wrestled an angel. And also we wrestle with demons today. We, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and evil forces in this world. But no matter what we're wrestling, we always win. We always win. We always win. We always win. Why do we always win? Because Jesus is the authority. I love that song, Champion. We have the authority. Because in Luke chapter 7, Jesus came on this earth. Remember, they were just as superstitious as we are about every single thing. And at that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits. He was casting out demons. He restored sight to many who were blind. Now, I love this as I was studying. I love when we talk about, uh, uh, you know, the supernatural, angels and demons and Satan. And, and, and uh, you know, I love it when we study this because what it does for me, it takes a picture of a meek Jesus and reveals the authoritative Jesus. A Jesus with authority, the Jesus that, 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 like a lamb to the slaughter, died on the cross, but he had more strength. He had more strength not to get off that cross because he could have at any moment because that's the authority that he has. If I was Jesus, I'd be like, all right, we're done. I'm upset. I hit my limit. But if he went to the lamb and he went to the cross like a lamb to the slaughter to die for our sins, but he still had the authority. He still had the authority. He still had the authority. I love this. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus was some distance away. A man named Legion saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, 
Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high? So the demon inside this individual recognized Jesus' authority. And he said, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus already said to the spirit, come out of you, evil spirit. But then Jesus demanded, what's your name? He said, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. Not to send them to hell. Not to send them to Hades. Then this is what happened. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on a hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. Evil spirits came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the entire herd, about 2,000 pigs. Could have been 2,000 demonic spirits inside this man. They all plunged down the steep of the hillside into the, okay, back up. So if, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire myself. I did that. But they into the water, and they drown. And they drown. That is why when I eat pork or bacon, I'm doing, a, I'm doing things of the Bible. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've given me authority. Oh, you know. Okay, sorry. If you're vegan, that's the same thing with, I don't know what it is. I want you to know, friends, despite if you're scared about this subject today, or maybe you're just amped up and you're like, let's go. I want you to know Jesus has given us that same authority. He's given us that same authority. First John chapter 4. If you ever read the, first, uh, first, the book of 1 John, towards the end of the, of, end of the New Testament, it is a powerful book. And it says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. He continues on to say this, but we belong to God. has to say it twice. He has to tell the author. The author has to tell the reader twice. You belong to God. Yeah, but, but you belong to God. Maybe on Monday morning when you wake up and you're not at church and you're not with a body of believers, you need to say, I belong to God. When you go to work in your workplace, you got to go, I belong to God to God. If you feel the addiction or the temptation, you go, I belong to God. He is faithful and just. There's always a way out. He has given me the authority. I belong to God. And those who know God, listen to us. Not no church, not no traditions, but know Jesus. For those that know Jesus, they listen to us, to us. If they don't belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Or the spirit of deception. And I know, and hear me out, I've had the spirit of deception in my life when I was living in darkness. But when the spirit of truth came into my heart, he pulled me from darkness into God's light. So I'm going to give you the essential challenge today. And the first one is I want you to accept Jesus into your heart. That you know, that you know, that you know. It lives in your heart. There's no more room for anything else except Jesus in my heart. Guys, that's why we stress next steps so, so badly. That's why the moment you raise your hand, all of hell just went, oh, no. They just give their life to Jesus. Man, we've been trying. And they're going to come after your life. But the moment you raise your hand and you find some next steps, you get yourself surrounded with like-minded believers. What are you doing? You're going to win. You remind yourself, I belong to God. I belong to God. I belong to God. But number two, Ephesians chapter 6, just do the time sake. I didn't put it on the screen, but it's in your notes. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. So therefore, put on the full armor of God. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. 
So if you uh, listen to our essentials, prayer, uh, collection of talks, the armor of God is in there as well. But the full armor of God is the belt of truth. Man, it's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the helmet of salvation. May I have the mind of Christ, the shield of faith that extends around my family. The shield of faith. Me as your pastor, I believe this. My shield of faith doesn't just extend around my wife or my, 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 my sons, but my, field, my shield of faith extends around every single person who calls Avenue Church their home. My, field, my shield of faith can quench the darts of the enemy because they have no authority. They have no authority. But the problem is we, we give them authority when we forget who we are in Christ. And so here's the, oh, and the last one is proclaim the gospel. And here's my challenge. The reason why I put that in there, because we can certainly go out and go, that's a demonic spirit. In the name, we can cast out demons. We have that authority. But also we can set people free. We have that authority. But there's nothing more that the enemy loves than when we pull people out of hell and into heaven by proclaiming the gospel. By witnessing, by inviting someone to church, by sharing the gospel, by saying, do you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, by, by being a witness on this planet. That really ticks the enemy off. Because hell was created for them, but they want to take everyone with them. They want to take you down. But Luke chapter 10 says this. Jesus sent out his disciples. He had 72 disciples. He had, you know, the three inner circle, then the 12, and then. Then have 72. And the 72 got sent about in Paris of twos. And he said, you go do the ministry. You can see that as the episode in Chosen. You go, you go do the ministry. And they come back and they're pumped. Man, they're like, woo, come on. I totally graduated from Connect Monday. You know what I mean? Like, this is awesome. And this is what he said. They joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, man, even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. That's key right there. Come out. <laughs> By who? You know, Paul I know, but who are you? But he said, come out in the name of Jesus. He goes, yes. This is what Jesus said. This is the words of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Yeah, I was there. I, I saw it all happen. I was there. But then he says this. But look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Now, if you grew up in the South, we don't take this verse and, and hold poisonous snakes or scorpions and proclaim that's our faith. That's an abuse of God's word. But we take the first portion and say, God's given me authority over the power of enemy. You know what that looks like in, in our life? I see that as we have a little bit more boldness as Christ followers. Our, amen, our prayers are a little bit, a little bit more authoritative. We don't just go, please, if you can, we say in the name of Jesus. Greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. So what I want us to do today is, will you simply just uh, stand with me, please? I'm going to pray over you. And... And as we stand, I want you to just kind of bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And as our prayer team comes forward, I believe this is going to be a powerful Sunday because of the information we receive. I pray it becomes revelation. Because when we get God's word inside of us, revelation is an aha moment for us. 
revelation for us, we go, wow, this, this, what these guys do up here, they have authority. The Bible says, man, Elijah, the one who said, open up, open up your eyes and see that. We outnumber them. The Bible said, man, we can have faith like Elijah. He was just a, he was just a man who knew his authority and his position in Jesus Christ. But then it continues on to say, but have elders of the church or the prayer team of the church lay hands on you and pray for you. And the prayers of the faith, the prayers of the righteous, you will be healed. You will hear from heaven. And that is my prayer today. That we don't just walk up here with just maybes, but we walk up here going, God knows. God's going to do it. God has the authority. You know, when I, years ago, someone gifted our youth ministry, was a youth pastor, a, like a, 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 a suite at MGM. So a bunch of students, they won, they won uh, a staycation on the strip. And so we, we got the information, we, we sent students with their parents and leaders out to the hotel. And I got a phone call. In the phone call, they said, uh, Pastor, they, they said there's no way we're getting a room. It's totally booked up. Like, we, they, they said no. We're at the front desk right now. And I was like, oh, oh let me call. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's not a demon. I, let me call Let me call somebody that, that gave us the gift. And so I called the person. I said, hey, and this, was, this was about 10 years ago. Hey, they, they're, they're saying there's no room. They're all standing there in the lobby in the special VIP section. And she goes, oh, let me give them a call. I said, okay, thank you so much. And the youth leader who was standing there at the counter got a phone call. And she said, hello. And she heard who it was. It was a phone call from her boss's office. And when she called her boss's office, uh, or, or when the phone call came from the boss's office, she went, oh, yes, yes, ma'am. Uh-huh, yeah. Clicked up and said, your room just opened up. My goodness. But what happened was someone who was beneath her had authority from someone above her, and all it was was a voice, all it was was a word. And that's God's word for us. It's God's word for us. So I want a worship team to sing this song. I'm gonna pray over you. But if you need prayer for anything, if you need prayer for salvation, we're gonna pray that in just a moment. Man, you need, you need God to move heaven and earth for you. Man, maybe there's an addiction in your life you've been battling. Or maybe there's something in your life you've just been praying and praying and praying and it hasn't come to pass. I think today our faith's increased a little bit. Today we said, I have the authority. 